Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about, way off the record. People that you never hear from, that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Welcome to a special edition of Way Off the Record. Uh, this week, I'm thrilled to welcome my guest, John D. Domenico, actor, writer, comic, and awesome Trump impersonator. He also does a mean Bernie, Ozzy Osbourne, Austin Powers, including the love guru, Dr. Phil, amongst many others. I'll post his website in the show notes. John, how are you? Yeah, baby. I'm yeah. so groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh my god dude i'm so no, happy thank you, thank you so much for having me on. this, <laughs> um, this is great i'm thrilled I'm, I'm gonna try to keep this brief but like i'm such a fangirl right now i'm i'm trying to gather myself together it's very um, flattering thank you <laughs> seriously um so i first learned of you from your work on the podcast trump cast um great show we Amazing show. show. Tremendous show. (laughs) They're very critical of me, but I don't mind. I don't mind. So, you you know, you have this, like, it's really necessary for that particular show because it can be kind of dark and and very stark. And and your bit is that, um, you know, Virginia Heffernan uh, starts the show. She's awesome, by the way. She she seems really cool. She's so incredibly intelligent. It is just it's i know it's kind of shocking she yeah. she's liked a few of my tweets but um i would love to have her on the show but i don't know if she'd do it um so you on the show so uh virginia like introduces the show and who her guests are and what they're going to talk about and she's like before we get to that here are the tweets right. and then there's like lovely little interstitial music and then right. you <laughs> you fucking read actual tweets by donald j trump but first, the tweets. The Democratic Party in Iowa really messed up, but the Republican Party did not. I had the largest re-election vote in the history of that great state by far, beating President Obama's previous record by a lot. Also, 97% plus of the vote. Thank you, And it's, dude, it's genius. It's so good. And it, and and again, it's really necessary, I think, because the show can be kind of heavy. It can, and... it can be kind of heavy. And uh, <laughs> Jacob Weisberg, who created the show, yes, um, that's reached right. out to me really early. I mean, before he had done anything, he said, listen, I have a concept for the show. Um, you know, I didn't know him, but I knew of him. It was very easy to look up because of who he is. Yeah. Um, and like the head political uh, reporter at New York Times and all the other things that he did. And I obviously knew about Slate. And he said, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> to be on a podcast with such a pedigree and to be able to uh. tweets. And it was, you know, by this time I had a studio in my house and they would send me the tweets in the morning. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool, dude. Um, so I I'm. The ringing. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. This is this is like this is not a pedigree um, podcast. This is like I'm doing this on my in my one bedroom apartment 
in my living like slash dining you're slash. In New York. You're I'm in New York. I'm in New York. Only in New York. Rumor has it, I think that you told me, you have a reconstructed uh, White House press room in your fucking house. Right. I knew that. Um, I knew early on with voiceovers and videos. I was doing asked to do a lot of videos, like kind of right out of the gate, because um, the one of the things is I've been doing Trump since two thousand and four. Mm. So when Trump announced, a lot of people kind of came to me because if you if you go, and I'm and I'm, I'm not this is not a bragging thing. I'm, I'm very grateful for brag this. away. You should but brag. If, but if you Google Donald Trump impersonator, I am number <laughs> one globally, and and the reason for that is I just really started much earlier than anybody else and mm -hmm. videos and TV shows and interviews, and it really gave me that spot and. Um, so you when, started earlier, but you're also the best one. Like, well, come on, you. man. I really appreciate Seriously, that. I'm not, I'm not really, I've had bullshitting. a really long runway. <laughs> <laughs> I know, still, but, though. But when, when it happened, um, you know, I knew in 2015, that summer, I got a call from a buddy of mine, an actor I used to do a, sh you know, do stand-up with in New York and did some theater with uh, Tom Shalhoub. <clears throat> he had me on Red Eye, which was on Fox, right around the same mm. time. Conan O'Brien's people called, and I started appearing on that show. And then some other things were happening, and I thought, you know, I need, I'm going to need an audio studio. So I built an audio studio in my house here in Las Vegas. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, um, people were asking me a lot to do videos, too. So mm -hmm. I thought, I, what can I do? And, I, and houses here in Las Vegas are very big. I lived in New York. I lived in a shoebox. Oh, I know. Um, but here, my house is enormous. And in fact, my living room has like a 16, 17-foot ceiling which is perfect for a studio. Oh my so God. I, um, you know, I've been in theater my entire, since I was like 10, 11, and I love sets and set mm -hmm. pieces and all that kind of stuff. So, and you know, obviously Las Vegas has a lot of shows and a lot yeah. of sets. And I looked around and told some other friends I'm looking for this and for that. And I was able to get the columns. Um, I found an amazing lectern um, <laughs> and, and a great presidential seal. And I got the curtains and I got the carpet. And it all oh came together, God. and it looks it looks great. It, it looks great. Every movie you've ever seen, no matter what you know, no matter what movie it is about the president, you know, um, mm -hmm. they that that press room is kind of imprinted on people's minds as much as the Oval Office. Yes. So I, I went with that, and it works for a lot of things that I have to do. And like <laughs> I, I said uh, when we were talking before, I'm considering just building an Oval Office set too here in the house. I have enough room. Oh my so God! Can I come visit? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's like a B Airbnb here. But there's Seriously, enough, there's enough space on um, on both ends of this room to build each set. So that would be really the, the best thing to do. And I do cameos. On top of a lot of client stuff, like, I'm not sure if mm -hmm. you're aware of Cameo, but I just thought I'd do Oh, it. yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, That's right. So I'm shooting like five of those a day sometimes. Yesterday, over the weekend, I did 10. And I'm doing other things to open meetings for clients, for big, you know, corporate things who don't Damn. have the budget to fly me out to put me up. But it, it, it's been working out great. So it's another, on top of the podcasts and the, the TV stuff and mm -hmm. this thing, it's been a nice way to kind of um supplement it so you so i have multiple revenue streams from my impersonation good for you man i didn't know you're doing um the cameo thing like i i've uh i'm a huge fan of um morgan fairchild don't judge really? me wow. i i love i love her and she's well mostly because i follow her on twitter and she's woke as fuck dude oh, like really? she's great so she's doing cameos and and so is dude joanne worley 
from oh Laugh-In. She's still crazy. alive, first of all, and she's also doing cameos. So I'm saving up my coins to have these people do cameos, man. It's amazing. So I want to, John, I want to talk to you. I don't want to get all dark or anything like this, but right. how, because I know that you've been doing Trump for so long, and it was one thing to do him in 2004 when he was sort of like a TV right. reality star, and then during the the lead up to the election and then now that it's been like three plus years into his term do you find it more difficult to play him now just because of the you know the sort of divide in this country well um yeah i made a you know i made a conscious decision i when when he started running i you know i know who he is i actually met him way back in 1990 i oh. worked for him in atlantic city multiple times i you know worked at his properties and and as a tv personality he is fascinating he is a fascinating mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also kind of shakespearean components to him because his fascination <laughs> he has a fascination with his own daughter and power and yeah he's just there's <laughs> so many things about him that are truly fascinating and very much american but in kind of antithetical to what presidents usually are right and i knew once his policies would go into place they would be extreme because they're not necessarily the things that he may believe in mm-hmm. but he's doing them for this He's doing this for his base. Right. So then that base is very energized around him. Uh, so, so to answer your question, I knew this was going to happen. Once he won, okay. and I predicted he would win. I could mm-hmm. feel I was crisscrossing the country all during 2000, the second half of 2015 and 2016. Mm-hmm. I had said I was in front of the White House on the BBC. And they they <laughs> oh, flew no. me out there for an interview. And I saw the that, yeah. And was one of the rare people who actually asked me who would win. A lot of the interviews were always, who are you voting for? I was like, that's a really, you know, you're really going out on a limb with that question. <laughs> um, oh, but he was the first one who said, who do you think will win? I said, Trump in a landslide. I, 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 I could see it happening. I could see the fanaticism that people had for him and what yeah. he said he was going to do. So that, um, so, uh, and, and you know, day one, like uh, they literally day one on mm-hmm. the inaugural day, they had any references to gay, LBGTQ, uh, queer, all that stuff was removed from the website, um, website right. the, the White House website. Right. So, you know, so I knew that going in. So my in my mind, and this is very important for me as a actor, as a trained actor, is I am playing a character. Yes. And my yes. job is to um, one of the first things I ever learned was you have to like your character. If you don't yes. like your character, yes. there's an internal disconnect and your performance will suffer for that. So uh, unless the character themselves loathes themselves, but I don't think that's the case with him. I think he <laughs> loves, 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 loves. <laughs> so tremendous. So for me, well, I divorced myself from the politics as mm-hmm. if it were I was playing any character in anything, any of the work I've ever done when I was working off Broadway and doing theater, which unfortunately I haven't done in a long time. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're creating, you know, sometimes you're building the character because it's just on the page here. So many of the components are already out there. But my job is to do an authentic representation of him <laughs> and, so and good, present dude. it so it's it's real and down the middle. Now, secondly, um, I am an actor 
and I want to make people. I'm a comedian, comedic actor. I want to make people laugh. Yes. And I'm, you know, I'm incredibly, um, you know, uh, I want to, I want to make the audience happy. So if that yeah. audience is three thousand people, fifteen hundred are Trump people and. 1500 are, are anti-trump people i want them all to laugh i want to yes find yes that, you know that that middle ground that <clears throat> material that works for everybody well listen i can tell you um from my perspective and and i'm sure lots of people's perspective like the one thing we need right now is to 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 laugh and i think your right impersonation is so spot on down to like the hand movements and the the cadence talk to me about so i under, in doing some research on you i understood that you started doing him in 2004 like right after the first season of right. the apprentice yes right and it you said it took like 30 hours to study his voice and his cadence and the facial expressions and the hand movements and stuff yeah, the, the very first job, <clears throat> I, you know, I've worked in New York for many, many years, and I did a lot of different characters and a lot of different voices and known as an impressionist, an impersonator. Mm -hmm. And an agent called me, and this was right after the first season of The Apprentice had finished, and a DVD of the show came out. Remember those when that was really popular? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Get, get the entire episode of Temptation, Temptation Island or something. Yeah. So uh, that had just come out. I remember seeing it in a Barnes & Noble. Remember Barnes & Noble? Oh, my um, God. Oh, <laughs> so R.I.P. I, I was in a store, and I saw it like, like few, within a few days. I got a call from one of my agents said, hey, are you doing Trump yet? I said, oh, really? I said, no, I said, not yet. I know he's in my head. He's always been in my head. I'm mm -hmm. um, just kind of rolling around because just so you know, I've always been fascinated with the guy. Um, mm. I have an original copy of Art of the Deal um, oh, yeah. described by my wife from 1987, when I, who I was married to at that time. I worked in Atlantic City for many, many years, mm -hmm. uh, starting when gaming happened. So he was there. And also being from Philadelphia, um, a lot of New York stations kind of get picked up and come down. So he was kind of in my in my ear and in my head because I wanted wanted to get out of Philly and go to New York and I wanted to learn about New York and there was certain people at that time you kept kind of in the news kept bumping up against. One of them was Trump, yeah. Leona Helmsley and some other people. <laughs> And the queen of, mean. queen of mean. Queen of mean. <laughs> what a bitch. What a bitch. I have to tell you. Uh, so, so, she, so he was kind of always there and then going to Atlantic City and then meeting him and all these different things had happened. And, um, and I'd always heard his voice in my head, but I wasn't, there was no reason, there was no reason to be doing him. Mm -hmm. uh, Phil Hartman had done him a number of times on oh, right. on SNL. Uh, but it was almost like a regional thing. Like no one in Boise, Idaho, knew who Trump was um, <laughs> at that time. This is before The Apprentice, right? And exactly. Then, and then around that time, Daryl Hammond was doing him, but it was still just like a lark. It was more for non, um, more for New Yorkers and Northeast people who would know him. Mm -hmm. So when that first season ended, it, it was a hit. It was a bona fide hit. Um, he he started picking up traction, and he was cementing his his, his you know his legend, as it mm -hmm. were. I got mm -hmm. the call, and they and the agent said, "Are you doing Trump yet?" And I said, "No, not yet." But you know what? <laughs> I, I said, "You know, he's in my he's he's genetically in my range, so it shouldn't be an issue." And I'm yeah. from the northeast. Yeah. And I said, just give me like one hour to kind of just meditate on this. And, you know, and I did some like quick research and 
trying to you know found the Phil Hartman stuff and <clears throat> there wasn't that much Daryl Hammond stuff at that at that time. And um, but I listened. There was to a really it. momentous hour of your of your ponder. Well, you know, I, had like... get, I had to like you know like <laughs> you break down any voice. I break down any voice into eight <clears throat> elements. So it's uh-huh. throat placement, nasal placement, actual <clears throat> vocal production inside the mouth. Uh-huh. And then where the sound is outside of the mouth, mouth. Then the physicality of the face, uh-huh. and then the physicality of the body. And then there's like the secret sauce, which is usually the attitude of who it is. <laughs> you know, those Dimbabwe's baby TM, super sexy baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it was someone like Doctor Evil, like slower because I'm so you know, I'm evil, Genius. you know, that kind of thing. So Genius. It's, so it, yeah, it's it's a little different. And then someone like uh, you know, someone like Columbo. Folks, I hate to bother you, and he had a little bit of a he had a little bit of a, a sound in his mouth. We kind of whistled when he talked. I love that show, dude. Yeah, it was a great show. It's fantastic show. So and then <laughs> so I always listen for those things, and I and I had a severe speech impediment as a child, and did eight really? years of speech therapy. Yeah, and it was in speech therapy where I lo- learned a lot of this from, um, uh, you know, the the therapist and the speech pathologist. Mm-hmm on how to actually create sounds properly and what the vocal mask is Interesting. all those things. So I, I got a great education from, from those wonderful therapists because I was going two times a week for eight years during the school year. So have we, you read have you read David Sedaris Me Talk Pretty One Day? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> he talks all oh, about that, like the I mean, speech therapy classes. Yeah, the speech therapy. And they were a huge help. It was a, it was a huge it was really, That's interesting, really a, big, yeah. a big help to me. And you know, and also embarrassing. No one likes to be pulled out of class. Um, <laughs> you know, great source of embarrassment was going to speech therapy because my you know, kids in my neighborhood told me I talked like um, I kinda talk like Elma Fudd. You know, which oh. is great now, you know, if I'm doing like Al Pacino, <laughs> you know, he's big and he's loud, you know. Oh, so. Um, but I imagine so, as, a, as a young kid, that was oh, not, it's horrible. Like, you know, a I lovely had, like, thing to I had do. a lazy eye, I had to wear a patch, I had to wear glasses for the other one. I couldn't talk. I was like this. <laughs> I was like this, you know, I'm like, we're prepping you for therapy in 20 years. That's so, so. interesting. So, uh, but when, when they called and she asked about that, uh, can you do Trump? I was like, uh, and then I said, yeah, quarterback said, yeah, I can do it. And I was doing it without having perfected it. And the audition right. was on a Monday. So I ran out, went to that, got to that Barnes and Noble and grabbed, you know, grabbed it and sat down and literally started watching it the entire, entire weekend and was taking notes. Like what's he do mm-hmm. here and what's he do there and what's he do there. And, you know, even then he's very unusual. The way he speaks is just very like nobody from Queens talks like this <laughs> guy. Wait, and, what was what was the audition for again? Well, the I'll tell you because it's like it's the oh. payoff to the whole story. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. So I'm going through and like you know, and I always like to do research, like you know, when I started doing Jay Leno, like where's Jay Leno from, and why did he have that lift? Hey, how you doing, guy? <laughs> so I, I always break it down the voice that way. But I was thinking like. Who else is from Queens? And well, the only other person I know from Queens is, you know, Christopher Walken, right, Scott? Mm, so mm. he has that same kind of stiletto talk that Trump has. <laughs> so I folded, you know, Walken into Trump. That way you've got the whole thing. It's exactly the same. You know, they both just kind of 
talk the same way. So that was one thing. Interesting. I in. And then I, I'm a I, Groucho was probably one of the first impressions I ever did. <laughs> and, you know, Groucho is there's a lot of Trump has taken a lot of Groucho. Um, oh, either consciously or unconsciously. Because uh-huh. Trump is very sing songy certain times. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you listen to someone like Groucho, like, hello, I must be going. I came to say I cannot stay. I must uh, be going. I'm glad I came, but all the same, I must be going. Nice. <laughs> so I you know, you put all that together and all the different components. So I went in, uh, did the audition, and I got it. And Sweet. What it, and what it turned out to be for was for the boardroom game, <laughs> which was a ripoff of The Apprentice at Trump Taj Mahal. Oh, my God. Because he wasn't allowed to call it The Apprentice game. So what it was, you would go into a room at Trump Taj Mahal, groups of people would go in, and it would be someone playing uh, Carolyn Kepcher and George Ross, who were the original people uh-huh. from the show. And they would say, folks, uh, Mr. Trump will be here momentarily, blah, blah, blah. And then the <laughs> phone would ring and say, hello, everybody, it's me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm here in New York. Doing a really huge deal. And I can't be in Atlantic City, but George and Carolyn, tremendous people, they're going to run the game and they're going to let me know. So what I did was I went in and recorded lines like that and then Uh hundreds of phrases (laughs) and then words and then numbers. And then they ran that through a computer and that became the boardroom game at the Trump College. I never went to visit it, but I did it for about (laughs) I I recorded for like a number of days for hours on end. Wow. uh, two of Trump's executives were, and I don't know who they were, were on the phone. They were on the ISDN line at the studio. Was it, was, it Don Jr.? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> it was, but whoever it was, they were very honest because they say, you sound a lot like him. And they said, but just be meaner. That was the direction I got mm. constantly. They just said, be no meaner. No shit. That was, the, that was the one direction I got over and over and over again. I would make it <laughs> too nice and they would go, be meaner, be meaner. So, wow, yeah. dude. Yeah, and I and I met and I in the last six months I met George Ross for the first time, Ooh. and I was at a country club for um, well, you know, you know Mitch Modell from Modell Sporting Goods. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, he's a friend of mine, and he took me oh. to roast his mom. Not really roast her, but to show <laughs> I couldn't be mean like I usually would. But to go in and appear as Trump at her country club, and at her country club, George Ross was there, and I and he and I had my back to him, and he said, uh-huh. Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump. <laughs> and I turned around and I'm like, George, how are you? <laughs> Great to see you. And I That's said, so why awesome. are you here? Why aren't you at work? And it was a Sunday. So he got fired <laughs> that. And I, and I talked to him out of character. And he goes, he goes I got to tell you. He goes, you sound just like him. <gasps> he said, if exactly. you were 6'3", it would be, it'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> Instead, I'm like mini Trump. I'm 5'8 with heels. So we're like a little elevator. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Like, you, you mentioned that you meant Trump. Back in the nineties, if you met him now, what do you think he'd say to you, or what do you think he would? Uh, would he be flattered? I, I think he would, because I was doing. He knew about me uh, uh-huh. early on. He knew about me early on, and he loved it. And I know that for a fact because. Mm. Um, and then I, when I was doing a lot of stuff at Fox, I ran into mm-hmm. Kellyanne Conway. We were both on um, oh. Fox and Friends, and she please tell me coffee. all about that. Well, she was getting coffee, and I said, Kellyanne, you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. And she turns around, and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, can I get a selfie with you? Because he, 
he likes you. You're the nice Trump. That's on your website, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> photo, the photo's up there. So, um, so I, I met her and we talked briefly, but she was really nice. And you know, I, I look at a lot of this, and I, it, it, and I know what I'm saying when I say this, but so much <laughs> of this is theater. So I, totally, much totally. Of this is theater. Unfortunately. It's not Hades Town where you walk out and it's all over. You walk right. out and whatever decisions this group of actors are making affect all of our lives. Right. So then right. I have to go back to the point where I'm an actor, she's an actress, we're all we're all on this stage right now, and that's how I kind of deal with this. I yes. don't wanna yes. you know because if you look at all these people as like performers or celebrities it takes the onus off of you know when you meet someone like sebastian gorka which whatever the opinion is you just have oh. to go great mating you yeah right exactly Gorky, you're you, doing a great job great job I, shave that stupid goatee up i have to say that i'm i'm completely mystified as as are many people when I because re- I follow George Conway, I don't follow. Kelly oh, isn't that an amazing? Can you imagine? What the fuck that is that? House? What is that? What is going on there, Ugh. dude? Like, I don't understand how people can be. You know, a married couple can be so polar opposite politically, and and well, he's very vocal. Here's what I <clears throat> and this is another thing, and I, believe me, I've done a lot of thought <laughs> on this and a lot of <laughs> note taking because I've seen this insane love adulation idolatry for trump it's it's off mm-hmm. the charts and at a certain point i was just like this is a religion if yes. you know if i'm or Roman catholic yeah you can call it whatever you want but it's like <laughs> it's like these this is like okay i'm catholic jesus was the savior and then my you know, my girlfriend, my fiance is Jewish. She doesn't believe in Christ. He was just another guy. That's mm-hmm. her belief system, and that's my belief system. Because I can tell you, you're not going to change anybody's mind. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. You know, there's there's no mind changing. So I just accept, because I meet so many people. And I have to say, there are some friends of mine who are big Trumpers. And they're like the nicest, sweetest people. I almost see it like, I, I it's like, uh, oh. Okay, you know, it's like, okay, so that's, you know, so I just learned, like, if this is what you believe and this is what you feel, I'm going to respect you for that. Mm -hmm. That is your decision. I'm not going to change anybody, people, anyone's mind. You know, I hopefully if they're open enough, I can have a conversation with them because it also helps me as a performer playing Trump to find out what people really like about him and i've heard you know that's interesting yeah i met some you know super conservative people and they have said to me like they say to me in character as if i'm him like stop tweeting (laughs) stop tweeting please i I did a super i did the gop for southern illinois and that was like the one resounding thing they would come up to me mr president please stop tweeting i just thought that was hilarious (laughs) i think a lot of even the people who love him are like god just shut up can you can you imagine the the fucking White House staff like they're all probably like running around crazy like dude take his phone away you know yeah and like, I think he at gets one himself point in trouble used to do that and now I mean what did he break <laughs> a record like just two weeks ago a hundred and 
80 tweets in one day. Yeah, or yeah, it was, yeah. You know, it's staggering. You got to give it to the guy on energy alone. <laughs> energy alone. Like, how many 72 year You know, on the final day of the election in 2016, he went to five cities. Five mm -hmm. cities. I mean, I, I know. I, just, like, I, I don't get it. I mean, he's not, you know, I mean, he's getting into the office at 1130, but. <laughs> All right. So I want to ask you also yeah. about um, the fact that not only do you do this character, but you write your own scripts. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a writer. So and I know that you do a lot of corporate events and stuff and you tailor it to the particular audience that you're speaking to. Explain that process. Like, how do you know what to say to write and to say to these this particular group of people well depending on the you know i've been doing this a long time for all of my characters so depending mm -hmm. on the industry and the culture of the company and who the boss is and what they sell and i have a you know i have a questionnaire that goes out to the client so you know what what is on your oh, people's mind smart. have there been any mergers is there a division breaking off has this happened how's your if you're a publicly traded company, how's your stock? I, I just want to assess where they're at. So when I come on stage, Trump may not know it or whatever character I'm playing, but I, mm -hmm. I need to know enough where their head is at. Um, right, also, right. you know, depending on what city we're in, that helps me. I can say I can write material about the, the Chicago Marriott Marquis and mm -hmm. you know uh, how the meeting has been. I, I always say, depending on where I'm coming in on the meeting, I say, do you know let me know if something happens on day two you know like whatever <laughs> yeah. it is whatever you yeah. know someone dies of food poisoning let me know i'll put it into the app <laughs> you know, if i'm doing like the closing night uh, of a major corporate meeting those meetings are usually three days three and a half days mm -hmm. and that's and it's a saturday night closing event that i'm headlining that afternoon there's usually like golf for the people who want to golf or, spa <laughs> or whatever. And I'll say like, let me know what happened. Did someone sink a golf cart in a thing? You know, and then, and then I build that in. My goal is to know as much as possible. Not all characters work. Trump mm -hmm. doesn't always necessarily work, but um, uh, he works most of the time for two thirds of the crowd. Uh, okay. Which is, but uh, you know, that's why I knew he was going to win. I was doing so much corporate work and, Crowds were overwhelmingly for him. Yeah, I went to a corporate group. I was like, "Wow, this is not this. This does not agree with the New York Times numbers." <laughs> you know, may, may may I ask, have you ever bombed at one of these corporate events? Um, I I've never really bombed at a and when I did stand up, I remember bombing like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, corporate events, it's weird. There's a there's a certain kind of buy-in, um, mm, and yeah. if you don't get the buy-in, you're kind of sunk. Um, and you can pull some people out of that, like a regular comedian, you can pull some people out of that with the material, but there's yeah. been times when stuff just doesn't work. The crowd doesn't get like, why is this guy here doing <laughs> Columbo or Trump or Austin Powers or Dr. Phil? <laughs> and a lot of times they're just not used to having a, a performer do right. that. They're used to seeing that, you know, like a, a lookalike at cocktails. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Well, I have to, I have to say the fact that you, do all of this research and you, you know, have questionnaires and stuff that I would imagine mitigates most, most all of it. Oh, it really. takes a lot. Yeah. It, it really, it really helps. It's genius. A lot. It, it's, it's, you know, I won't say it's shooting fish in a barrel, but <laughs> the recognition of the character 
if that yeah. works, that that's great. Then when I get into, you know, if it's Trump, where's Scott Evans? Where's Scott? There he is. Scott, stand up. Oh, you are standing? This guy's the worst. He's the worst. This guy couldn't sell sand and, you know, whatever. So it's always that It's always that, that, that kind Dude. of thing. And if I can, if they're like, yeah, let him go wild. And, Fuck, you know, in a man. lot of industries, I did, you know, the electrical contractors in San Francisco at the Ritz-Carlton. These are all the guys who work mm. on the skyscrapers. Oh, um, these yeah. These are the massive buildings. So these guys are, you know, these, these electrical contractors are millionaires. And, you know, I did my research and I found out that San Francisco is in the middle of its single largest building boom ever. Ever. Oh, boy. So, Oy. you know, that bodes really well for Trump. And these guys are happy as clams. And then I found out, you know, what's their biggest issue in the city of San Francisco? Getting tickets. They get tickets. Their trucks get tickets. So with me, I said, and don't worry, I'm passing a new law. Any tickets on electrical contractor trucks, you can just put through a shredder, you know, or something. You know, that, so dude, that's fucking genius, yeah, man. Yeah, so it, it like, has, you know, my goal, you know, Trump talks about Trump a lot, but if I can talk about them and the group and what they do, and they sit there and go, holy shit, man, this guy really did his homework. So at the And you very see best, them. Oh, you yeah. see them and you, you, see and you speak to them. That's, yeah. And then afterwards, Brilliant. I meet them like they're like, "Wow, you you <clears throat> nailed it!" Like, dude, you know, because a lot of people come in. If you're gonna hire a comedian, comedian, and yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, major pops because a lot of friends are comedian, but they're gonna come in and do their act. Mm -hmm. And they might mention the fact that they're at the Ritz and that's electrical contractors. My act is the group. Exactly. That is my. Uh. Act. So, and that is my so specialty, smart. and it's always been, I've painted myself into a corner because it takes two weeks to write the friggin' script. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it leaves them with, you know, so much, so much more. It's much more impactful. And one of the things is because I do what I do, I have clients, I have legacy clients that have had me back mm. five years in a row, six years in a row. I've done nice. Mako auto body, you know, the, the painting people. Oh, yeah. I've done Better get meeting. Mako. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've done their meeting for 21 <laughs> years. Shit, dude. And they were the first corporate group that had me as Trump. And we did The Apprentice. Oh, my God. Because they let me introduce new characters uh, to the group, <laughs> which is great. Like, I, had a, I had a friend years ago who did um, commercials for that uh, company. Burt Reynolds? For, no, no. Charo? I can't remember his name. Oh, I love Charo. Uh, no, but like he said like it Dennis paid Weaver. for my mortgage. <laughs> Let me ask you, um, are there, you know, given all the stuff we've, we've talked about, are there groups or... Mother events West. that you wouldn't talk about that you wouldn't want to perform like the no. nra or no, cpac or something i'm a whore i <laughs> love that dude you know their money's just as green as uh, as a liberal group which I'm exactly doing, good for you on friday you know and here's the thing uh, i like i said i did the gop of southern illinois and i didn't really right. change my act that much because i don't want to change trump Trump's hard on the Republicans. I've watched him speak at enough Republican events. Where, where's Joe Scotto? This guy, what a mess he is. What a mess yeah. he is. He almost screwed up his own election. Do you believe this guy? You're lucky I'm here. You're lucky I'm here. You know, that kind of thing. So I did a 35-minute headline set, pro-Trump group, and they loved it. And they loved it. That's and the amazing. woman came up to me afterwards and who hired me and said, you know, we were a little ambivalent because I really sold you to this group because I saw your stuff. But a lot of people were scared that you would <laughs> that you would like make a mockery of the, the, the president. And I'm like, well, I'm not here to do that. That's my thing. That's not my thing. My mm -hmm. job is to be funny. 
for whatever group that hires. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. So I, I'm, I'm wondering also, like, does doing somebody like Trump or, or even like the love guru or something, you know, that, that are sort of known for... Go right ahead. I'm, I'm listening to you very closely, Scott. Go ahead. And guru shit Thank you so much. Guru I'm so honored. Oh, oh my God. I love you with your love making. As, so, so as an actor, does it give you a sort of license and agency as that character to say things that you would never say in your real life? Oh, well, well yes. I would imagine. They, well, automatically, because they're saying things I wouldn't, that, that just wouldn't come up and <laughs> one of the things is like i'm a very nice person i'm very you know sensitive i'm like an empath i'm very sensitive to people and to me yeah to me it's very important not to hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody feel uncomfortable you know it, it's it's just really important to me so a lot of things that they would um would say especially trump i would never say i would just never say that so yeah. um but what is interesting is, is though how freeing it is to insult somebody. That's what I'm wondering. That's what yeah. that, and it's exactly. also and and oddly doing Trump. I've never experienced this until I started doing Trump. But he, doing him has made me so competitive. And, and oh, it, interesting. And it, it's you know, and I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm an actor, so I'm automatically insecure. But to to be like, <laughs> did so and so get that Trump? But how the Jeez, how did he get that's mine damn it that's mine i've never yeah. been like that you know so i just lost out on a on a um on a on a casting on a network show to somebody else i don't know that's amazing cast, dude but i'm always like, so all the and it makes me a lot more confident and i'm the best damn it and i've never <laughs> ever been like that so it's been very interesting because you know you play someone like trump and i'm doing him literally every single day mm. i do him in cameos i do him for trump cast which i did this morning oh yesterday morning i do oh, him cool. for planet america which is a weekly show in australia i do interviews like i'm doing with you i do long mm -hmm. form corporate videos the one i was shooting till 11 o'clock last night so and i'm also always practicing because i have to tell you this is a very, very difficult voice because he slows up and he speeds up and he slows down and he's yeah. really, then he drops <laughs> and then he does the whisper, the Trump whisper. Right, right. Very, oh, God. Very interesting. The nuance that you bring to his, not just his voice, but, you know, seeing you on video and stuff is just mind-blowing. And, and oh, I have to you. say... I really appreciate that. Thank honestly, like, you know, like I said at the beginning, I know that you have to get to a meeting, so I want to try to wrap it up for for this for you um screw i that, knew screw of you that <laughs> i get to talk about me yes <laughs> i love this i love this this is the best interview honestly but like you know i i heard of you through just the vocal impression you know and then once we got to be friends on twitter and uh we were texting back and forth and then i was like oh please be on my podcast and you agreed and i was just thrilled and then I started doing a ton of research for this interview, and, and so saw all these video performances of yeah, yours all, lot, all over the fucking videos, world. All over the world, dude. And like the down to the weird things that he does with his hands, and even though you have normal size hands, and the mouth 
like shape and and everything and the and the seven thousand dollar John Kelly wig. Um, no, um, Bob Kelly. <clears throat> Bob Kelly. Bob sorry. Kelly made all the wigs for Saturday Night Live, <laughs> all the wigs for the Broadway shows. Ah. And you're in New York. I just want to mention Bob Kelly, who unfortunately passed away. This guy was a saint. He loved actors. He loved actors. I love when that. I had moved out of New York. He would say he had like a little like mini apartment inside his studio where they made all the wigs. And they had like mm. 10, 15 women making these wigs. Because a lot of people don't realize those wigs you see on SNL and like my wig, every mm-hmm. single strand of hair is hand pulled. Hand, every exactly. Single, exactly. They take 90 to 100 hours. But he would just let me hang out. So I met like Jerry Arbach and other people. Oh, so, dude. Yeah, I would just sit there in the back room and he would smoke cigars like a chimney. And I mean smoke like inhale smoke. Um, <laughs> And Jerry Orbach was coming in, and this was Jerry Orbach has passed, obviously. Um, oh, R.I.P. Man, yeah, he, love um, him. But no one knew he wore a wig those last few years of his life. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I didn't you watch those episodes of S. Oh, uh, uh, um, it was it S- the regular Law and Order, whatever. The Law and Order, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a wig that Bob made for him. Oh He had man. lost all of his hair. No one knew it. It was a secret, and I got to be there. And I got to see him take it off because Bob would, you know, fix it and whatever. But that's was, such a great New York story, dude. Oh, it's a fantastic New York story, and I love oh. Bob to death. And like, if you, you know, he was just such an amazing guy. He was so kind-hearted, and he really, really did love actors. And when you went to that studio, you were stepping into a time capsule. Um, exactly. And I said to him one time because the strike. What was the, what was the strike about 10, 15 years ago? That really oh, the writers' strike. The writers' strike almost yeah. killed him. Almost wiped him yeah. out. Yeah, and I'd said to Bob, I said, Bob, if you don't mind me asking, how much is your lease here? Because, Daddy, it's seventeen thousand five hundred dollars a month. I said, what? I said, Bob, <laughs> Bob, are you insane? I said, oh why God. aren't you in Brooklyn or like Queens or somewhere? I gotta be in New York. I gotta <laughs> be in New York. And he was a block. He was literally no, not even a block. He was a quarter of a block. That building that sat right on Broadway. Right oh, on man. Oh. I mean, he, had, he had to be there. And it was one of the reasons he never made any money because he just he wasn't a smart <laughs> businessman. He loved the art. He loved actors. He loved theater. He loved television. What, what his work did in TV. So bless him. Yeah. So oh. anyway, I just and bless a, you for I being a, like I there for that. Him. I had to plug him because he was a saint. Thank you. Was a saint. I'm sorry I got his name wrong. Shit. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. One last question. Because I know you have to go. So. This might be I'm a two-part put, interview. We, I might have I, to come back. Can it be? I would love oh, yeah. that, dude. I, the, I, the, there's so many more things I need to to talk to you about, and I think uh, people are would you know listening would be really interest, interested in hearing this. So you did this genius <laughs> build the wall commercial. Oh my god, was that amazing? It's so good. I'm going to yeah. put a link to that on uh, on the show notes. And you said it was banned by a few networks. I, you like, know what? Whoa. That's what they told us. I mean, I always look at the. You know, <clears> we were told it was banned. I think they just. There may have been a marketing move. Not people love shit that's banned. Um, <laughs> uh, but you, I, and also that commercial. When I worked on that, I got there really early in the. You know, we pulling early and we were on a set. Where was it? Where was it shot? We were shot, like, in, shot in Simi Valley at the movie ranch. Oh, okay. Um, kind okay. of the, the one, the movie ranch next to the one that's in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but it's a, you know it's a very famous place. When you're walking around and look at the vistas, you're like, I've seen this. In <laughs> like a million films. Yeah. So when I got there in the morning <laughs> and the the car service brought me to the set, there was like 
five tractor trailers or six tractor trailers <laughs> and then all these other trucks came in with equipment and then the wardrobe i was like holy crap i'm like this is a big commercial this is a big and deal by the yeah time we you know everybody was on set and there, there are vans some of the stuff is obviously cgi but that center part of the wall that's directly behind me directly yeah, behind yeah. me that is real oh they, that is that is a practical set that is not cgi <laughs> Now, when it went beyond that point, it was a huge green screen. I mean, I've never seen green screens this big, but it was a Interesting. huge green screen. And then after a certain point, the green screens ended and you, they added all that stuff. But like, all you totally things, can't tell, by the way. You, oh, you, you cannot, cannot tell. tell. I was it's there. so well done. I can't tell. Um, <laughs> um, they, um, the, 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 just the casting, all the people, everything. It was just such a huge thing. <clears throat> and the guy. Um, and the guy who was the cinematographer, Andy was the shooter too, so he was running the camera and the the um, uh, the, the, the DP. He um, mm -hmm. somebody turned to me and said, "You know who's running that camera?" And I said, "No." He goes, "He's got two Oscars." I was like, "Wow!" Oh my god! <laughs> wow! And the director and I'm embarrassed to say I, I I would screw his name up, but he was very well known too. So I was like, "I'm working with really good people." Wow. And it's been one of the benefits of this whole Trump thing is like meeting amazing people. I'm sure you know who Jill Soloway is from Trump. Oh, of course. Yes, I yes. Got a, I got a call from one friend in LA and he says, um, do you know who Jill Soloway is? I'm like, yeah, of course. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with showrunners and I love Transparency. Yeah, right. And uh, he goes, she'd like to talk to you. And I said, oh, my wow, God. That would be. Fantastic. So she was working on a project on a TED Talk, but she was also working on this concept that would spring out of this TED Talk where it was late night phone calls where Trump was friends with Jill and he just needed to someone to talk to. And we oh recorded a number of them. And it was what like Trump really thought in the late, in the late <laughs> evening. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Trump is known to, you know, he'll meet somebody, get their phone number and just talk to them for hours. He'll call them. Like at eleven o'clock oh, at night, midnight. Hannity doesn't he talk to Hannity every night? Oh no, no, no. Like, this is like that's different. Like he'll meet people and just talk to them. Tiger oh Woods, God. he'll call and talk to him for three hours. <laughs> I know some NFL players because I've worked with some in some commercials, and they'll they'll mm -hmm. be like, they'll say, "I'm going to send you something, and I want you to watch it." And it was <laughs> a very well known NFL player. It was a video of his wife recording him on the phone with Trump, and basically it's just Trump talking. Trump talking for two hours. He just wow. wants to talk. Wow. And w and that's another insight <clears throat> for me. That's, exactly. That's a exactly. Very important piece of his personality that I can look into and see that he just wants to talk to somebody. And but wow. it's that kind of talk like your mom gives you when you you know she calls. It's like one hour, two hours of <laughs> yeah. you know. And at the very end, she goes, "And how are you?" What an what a, as you say, what an amazing insight. That's fantastic. John, I can't thank you enough. This has been an absolute delight. I was—I have to say—I was very nervous about doing this because you're sort of like one of the one of I've done a few celebrities. Martha Kelly, by the way, that? was my first. She she was in Baskets. Oh yes, okay. she's a stand-up comic. She's—I love her. Um, we struck up a friendship on Twitter. Um, she was my very first interview, and I was like a wreck for that. But she was lovely. Um, thank you for this. I oh, I've learned so much about your about you as a person, about your 
uh, process, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, maybe part two. Yes, what absolutely. What do you think? I'm all about process, by the way. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm all about. Awesome. <laughs> all Thank right, you so guys. much. Great talking I'll talk to you, you soon. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to do a promo for my podcast, for sure. Way Off The Record podcast. Way Off The Record. Do you want a Trumpy or who do you want to? I, I would like, I would, if you wouldn't mind, me a Trump and a Bernie and maybe an Aussie. Oh, okay, I'll do each one. Okay, I'll do each. each one. <laughs> yeah, All right, let's do it. There you go. Hello, everyone. This is President Trump, the greatest president in the history of presidents. And this whole podcast thing is really getting out of control. There's so many. There's so many. But there's one I always make time to listen to, and it's way off the record with Scott. Ambrose, he's a wonderful guy, tremendous guy. I, don't need, I probably didn't even get his name right, but that's okay. That's okay, because the show is that good. So when you have a chance, download Way Off the Record. Give it five stars on that Apple thing, you know, whatever those thing is, Apple podcast things. Give him a good review, because he's a tremendous guy. He's a tre- Wait, I, he's a what? He's a liberal? Oh, never mind. Don't listen to the show. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That was perfect. Hello, this is Bernie Sanders, the uh, 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 U.S. Senator from the uh, great state of Vermont. We've got uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream and maple, maple syrup and not much else. But what I do when I'm up there in the winter and it's cold, I listen to way off the record. He's got great guests, very insightful, and he's a smart guy. Scott is a good guy, so make sure you vote for him. And the best thing about his podcast, it's free. And I like free stuff. I love free stuff. This is Ozzy Osbourne, man. And I'm a big music fan, but, you know, lately I've been getting into... Sharon! Lately I've been getting into podcasts, and I've been listening to way off the record, man. It's a great show. Rock and roll! Way Off the Record has been written, edited, and produced by Scott Ambrosino, also produced by Christian Hernandez, and we are available on all platforms where you get your podcasts. And drop us a line on social media. We can be reached at the at sign WOTRpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.